Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. Heaps and heaps of cricket in the world at the moment. So in this week in cricket, we are going to wrap England-India white ball series. We're going to talk a little bit of West Indies, Sri Lanka, and we're also going to talk New Zealand, Bangladesh. But plenty more coming up in the feed as well with IPL shows coming up. But stay tuned to listen to everything that's gone on in the world of cricket. Um, This week in cricket, it's April. Apparently, we're going to start with England in India. So Raj already giving me heat. Um, came into a discussion about the lack of spin in the tournament. I, I quoted him a stat that England, um, sorry, India hadn't bowled that badly as a group of spinners since uh, World Cup in the 1970s. He said, you're really going to lead with that after your boys' abjectly poor performance. A um, little bit harsh. Um but yeah, he's coming in hot, the big fella. What what do we think about the the series, guys? I you know my my two cents opener is it was a great advert for white ball cricket, three ODIs and three T twenties. I thought it was incredible. I think it was really so re- five T twenties. Sorry, five, yeah, I thought it was really good to watch. I liked having the the five T twenties and then followed by the three one days. I I felt like the the squads for the one days were a bit on the on the weaker side especially in the bowling department and that showed with the amount of runs but all in all i think it was you're right a great advert for white ball cricket what do we think about all the runs because obviously we've got a lot of tournaments coming up the next few years in india we've got the t20 world cup then we've got the odi world cup in a couple of years time is this what we can expect now because you guys talked about the spin and you guys kind of jibed each other about the fact that both sides have not performed very well with their spin but particularly you normally think of India as having very good place to bowl spin. Yeah, so look, um, I don't know whether or not you guys would share the opinion, but I think Owen Morgan talks really, really well um, as an international captain, seems to have a degree of honesty in his post-match press conferences. And I know he was really pissed off, I think, after the T20 series, where he wanted a bit more of a test against spin. Um, in India and felt that that's what the pitches were going to do in the T20 World Cup um, and almost that these pitches didn't give that test to his side and and look it, it's not really for India to um, provide him with the test that he requires for a, a world tournament but it does make an interesting point that typically you would see that we were talking up the likes of Axar and Washington Sundar and how we were really really looking forward to seeing them in those um, limited overs games and really didn't get, get to see a hell of a lot of anybody bowl decent spin I think well, we've spoken about it a couple of times how there is a changing face to Indian cricket and they're looking at those those faster bowlers and them having more of an impact. I mean, we're going to talk about the IPL soon. Who are the who are the bowlers that are going for the most money? The express, genuine mm-hmm. pace bowlers. Who are the bowlers who had the biggest impact on this series? Both white ball series were the genuine fast bowlers. Mark Wood, Jeff, uh, Joffre Archer are the ones. You love calling him Jeffrey, don't you? Jeffrey, Jeffrey. <laughs> Joffre Archer were the ones that, that really bowled well and I thought were the best bowlers out of both sides. Uh, so I think it's just the changing face of, of Indian cricket, especially with the white ball. Baldy, question for you. Who's learnt more from this series, England or India? I think India can take a lot of confidence out of this series because they got runs up and down the order. Kale Rahul got runs, and he hasn't been getting runs at the top of the order, so that's a big tick for India. They've experimented with a few different guys in at, in that sort of three, four, five spot. They all got runs. They all performed well. But I think India have, have played this series tactically to perfection in terms of their long-term outlook. They have shown England and the rest of the world nothing of their plans for the T20 World Cup and nothing of their plans for the World Cup in a year's time because I guarantee you 
that there will be more spent in those tournaments than they have showed today, and they are just holding something back. They're holding one little trump card back from the rest of the world, and I think they've they've done a brilliant job of of planning this to perfection. Do you think? Do you think there is that yep. that kind of thought going 100%. on? Hundred percent. But yep. really, because yep. you, you, I sort of think these players get watched so many times now, and you, the IPL, even the guys we've talked to in the IPL um, that have played in the IPL, we talked, you know, when we talked to, oh, I can't remember, was it, it might have been Mike Hussey, and he was saying about how. Uh, Mitchell Santner kind of just gave away all the tr- tricks about playing at bowling to Kane Williamson and all this stuff. They they that, know so many matchups and, and, and that's things. why holding something back becomes really important. So if you've got one trump card that you can play that no one else has seen, then you hold that back for when you really, really need it. And I think India have done a really good job at that. England have learnt a lot from their batting. I think their batting was good. Uh, but I think India are just holding something that we don't we don't know yet. I think you're 100 right, but I did think I do think they uh, exposed one secret, and that is Virat Kohli at the top of the order. Mm-hmm. When they needed to win that game, that last game of the series, he opened the batting with Rohit Sharma, and there has been some talk that he is going to do that in the IPL. Oh, he said he's going to do so it. So he he that that is something that he's changing his game and and pacing in innings. He didn't have to score the hundred, mm. but he paced his innings. That leads me to the next point that I want to talk about, which I'm a bit upset about, is the death of the Big Daddy 100. So there was three hundred, three a total of 300 runs scored in five out of the six innings. However, only two people scored hundreds, and they were just over 100. I think Johnny Bairstow was the highest at 120-odd. Well, they just go so quickly now, don't they? But is that is that the new tactic? So you're going there, you're not, you're not, you're going at 100 miles an hour. You're not pacing your innings to to dash in those last 10 overs. You're going out there and you trust your other batsmen to get you over the line. You just keep going foot pedal to the middle. And I think they can because so they've got Curran who batted at eight and made 95 in that last game. You bat so deep now. Opens the bat in. Yep. SSK. Yep. So you bat so deep now in these ODI and, and even to, to it for some teams like Mumbai, we're going to talk about, in the T20 sides, they bat so deep that guys that are at three and four can go hard in those middle overs now, knowing that they've got guys at the end who can sort of pick up that, that finishing role. Well, Morgan said it in one of those games, didn't he, that he'd rather lose batting that way and just kind of collapse at the end than, than peter out, like trying to get to the end. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, particularly in ODIs now, and, and look, obviously I think the reason it's in ODIs is because of T20 cricket. There's this crazy stat, and I, I, I won't get the stat right, but England are something like 50-50 um, when they're chasing over 350 now in the last three or four years, mm. which when you go back and look, please, listeners, call in, um, you know, 0800, <laughs> don't give a shit, but um, <laughs> it, um, please, please do let us know if we've got that stat horribly wrong. But it, it's something along those lines. It's just incredible. And they back themselves. And to, to answer your question, I think, Raj, yeah, they don't, they don't care about getting the Big Daddy 100 they're actually going, our risk profile now, you know, is raised from strike rates. When you go back, not that far, if you go back 15 years, a decent strike rate was probably 65 or 70 and an average in the mid 30s in ODI cricket. It's now a strike rate's got to be in excess of 120 and your average has got to be pretty close to 50. And these guys just now go at 90% and law of averages is going to suggest that you are going to get out at some point if you continue to play like that. Um, Jason Roy did it in the World Cup, if you remember, you know, just kept going, um, but got his side off to flying starts. Bairstow, obviously, really, really good 120-odd. What I mean, that can kind of lead us to, you guys talked about how India didn't show any of their cards. England, Stokes betting at three, is that what we can expect now going forward? 
Oh, look, I, I really don't know. I, I, I actually don't know if they have their best makeup um, in their head. The one thing I would say, which I think they've learned from this, is they've got some options. Um, the one thing I think they've been deliberately stubborn with is this was an opportunity to get Alex Hales back in the fold. I know we've spoken about it before. If ever you wanted an opportunity to see if a guy has changed his ways um, and to allow him to do it in an environment where, let's be honest, he was going to be in a bio bubble. There weren't too many nightclubs around for him to go to. This would have been the opportunity to say, mate, you've got couple of months with us let's see if you can be trusted with you know my xbox controller and <laughs> and, and and being in that group environment so i think they've missed a trick there but yeah i don't think they know where that where stokes is gonna bat um i don't think they know where milan is gonna bat um particularly in india when he does need you know so many balls to get into his work um, and then similarly i think butler's the other one um they've got him earmarked to open the batting but i think he's better off finishing innings so maybe just rounding this off with spin, because that's what we started with. With the Indian Indian stats, a lot of people are willing to put that down to an aberration, right? With England, are you willing to put that down to an aberration, Binksy, or is there a is there a problem in the spin department for England? I don't think so, because our spinners keep getting Coley out, so um, I'm pretty happy with that on flat decks. Um, and look, I, I think, again, you, I'm not going to judge Adil Rashid, um, and Mo and Ali, who's only really played in um, these ODIs, didn't play in the um, in the T20s, which is a strange decision when he went home to come back to play the white ball stuff and then didn't play. But hey, weird, look, weird, just little passage. For him, really, it? really weird. But look, for me, I think, as Baldy said, I think um, the pitches will spin a bit more in those tournaments that are coming up. And I think Adil Rashid has proved to me, um, if not to you guys over the course of the last four or five years, that he's one of the premier one-day um, or limited over spinners in world cricket. Um, so look, as long as his shoulder holds up, I think he'll be okay. And I think Mo and Ali's still a pretty decent ODI bowler as well. I think they made mention of that. You're right, that Rashid has been Morgan's go-to guy over the last few years, definitely on that World Cup run. So I, I'm willing to say that it's an operation for them as well. Yeah, they also used him in the power play, which mm. I thought was a little bit bizarre. Like if they'd have been playing two spinners in the T20s, you could understand burning a couple of overs of your spinner in the power play. But then when you've burned a, an over of one spinner in the power play, don't have another spinner, you're just saying, well, we're just going to tee up seamers for, for the next 16 overs or whatever um, and let your liners up. So I thought, again, I thought that was a little bit um, odd, but it gives them another option, right? Yeah, not a lot of depth for England in terms of the spin department, but their best two are, are world-class. So if there's an injury, there's a problem, but otherwise they're in pretty good shape. i, I tell you what, we've, we're going to move on to New Zealand, Bangladesh now, and, and all this chat around kind of, just how hard these teams can go now, these two teams that we've just talked about, it scares me as a New Zealand fan because that's that's not how we set up our side. I mean, I know that we it, it worked that way in the, the 2019 World Cup. We kind of set ourselves up as – there was all the chat going, oh, it's going to be the 350 World Cup, the 400 World Cup, and it wasn't. And that suited New Zealand down to the ground because we had guys like Kane Williamson who can just pace in innings so well. And I think we're seeing – and I mean, this is maybe a bit ridiculous, but another Kane Williamson and Devin Conway and how he bats and how he goes about things. And if the, if those are kind of our two, three and four and Taylor in there as well, who does a similar thing, that scares me as a New Zealand fan. I mean, uh, what do you think, Raj? Are we worried about these sides that can just accelerate? Do we have someone like that in New Zealand? 
So, so you're you're saying scared in terms of that we, we won't be able to match that sort of acceleration? Yeah, I think that the firepower that these other sides are showing and the way they're going about our cricket, it worries me as a New Zealand fan if we do have to compete at that level. I guess that, that actually takes me back to my point on the Big Daddy Hundreds that I was making. Mm. Those three guys, or definitely the first two batting at three or four, they're the kind of guys who are going to pace an innings and get 140. What did... What did um, Conway ended up 126 near the end there. Yep. But those are the guys who are going to pace in innings, accelerate at the end, and end up with 175 like Ross Taylor did mm. um, against England not, not long ago. I think it was in Hamilton as well. But the, the, I, I, do I think it's a problem? No. But I do think it's a worry that these teams are consistently scoring over 300 runs. That's something that we're going to have to match. I don't think you guys need to be that concerned because if you have a look at the series where Phillips made the fastest 100 in New Zealand history in T20, he can score pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Conway's 90-odd against Bangladesh in the first ODI. ODI or T20? What did we play yesterday? T20s now. In the T20, yeah, yeah. But he's been, so, he just scores he runs scores, whenever he walks out yeah, to base. Yeah, he scores so 90 whenever he It's confusing. So I get confused. But that was off 53 <laughs> balls, right? So he can score at near enough as makes no difference to, as, to 200 as a strike rate without looking like he's taking any risks. And then you've got a guy at the top of the order called Martin Guptill who scored two double hundreds in a World Cup not that long ago. So you guys have got plenty of firepower in your top six. I don't think that's really an issue. Yeah, to Baldi's point, like Conway doesn't really matter like he, he will be the guy that just strikes at 274 and then probably comes on and knocks the top off with a new ball as well <laughs> then gets the pads and gloves on and takes three stumpings yeah. the guy is just superhuman like has he failed yet this year oh, I, I think he might have once I think he when he got shuffled down the order like eight or something and, and, he, and he yeah I, I wrote it on our social media like it it feels like he's a cyborg. He's not a human, is he? I, I think we asked Hamish Bennett when we chatted to him, is he's he a human? He's playing on cheat mode, that's for sure. It's it's, it's actually ridiculous. Uh, Daryl Mitchell. So he could be one that you're talking about that comes in and, and hits it at the end. He batted Huge. really well uh, to go along with his 100 in the Test Series earlier in the summer. Yeah, hasn't he taken every single opportunity, Daryl Mitchell? I mean, I, I guess j just to wrap up that point you guys were talking about, I suppose in, in talking about it, it's probably more that we just go about it a different way, don't we? Almost the reverse. We do have that acceleration, but we start we start with kind of building a base other than Guptill, and then we just you know go the reverse, go hard at the end, mm. which is but that, interesting. That, that has been the blueprint. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you've got the cattle to do it. You've got Nichols, you've got Latham, who've made hundreds. All of those guys that everyone who we've talked about, yep. who's batted for New Zealand this summer, has made a hundred in some form. There's one thing I just want to add, and and that is though. That there aren't as many Kiwis in the IPL um, as probably, you know, as a neutral almost, I feel is warranted. You know, we've talked a little bit about it um, prior to going to air. You've got, you know, Tim Seifert um, with KKR, maybe down to those sort of Trimb Trimbago and uh, McCullum routes. But that is one of the factors that I think if you look at, um, and look, at this is not just because it's England's success, but I think a big reason for England's success in white ball cricket in the last four or five years has been they've finally managed to get more than a handful of players with some franchise IPL experience. Um, and I think, like, geez, I'd love to see Conway um, at the IPL. You know, I'm surprised that Guptill hasn't done better um, in that format. I'm, I'm, you know, Kane... Spin, spin. spin. he struggled with spin. Yeah, that, that's the third Historically, he struggled with spin, even though he seemed to like Adam Zampa. Yeah. But when you look at some of the guys that, when you look at some of the guys that get that get picked up, then I'm just really surprised that more of those Kiwis have not become that 
you know, 20 lakh option um, that come in and really probably do a really, really good job in and around the team as well. Because um, as much as I, you know, I hate to admit it, you, you know, you, you blokes are all right as a race of human beings as well. So, you know, um, you'd be good around those team rooms as well. Yeah. Just, um, just before we go to the Bangladesh positives, uh, I wanted to say yesterday in the 2020, the first 2020, you saw Chapman, Phillips and Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Bowling four overs to take make up that fifth bowling spot. They went for third, none for thirty five off their four. What do you make of that? That's sort of something we've talked about as a blueprint. Yeah, I mean, when I looked at them in that one day side, it felt like we were a bowler light with Nisham kind of having to bowl, you know, near near on ten overs. I know he did quite well in, in a couple of the games, but he doesn't. He, he's not quite a, a banker for those overs for me, and it's a bit like that in the in the T twenty as well. Chapman, I think, is the one that you want to. Uh, well, I was going to say the one that you want to kind of trust more than than any of the others. But then, if it's not going to spin, if it's if spin isn't going to play the part in India, then maybe we have to rethink that. But yeah. I, I do feel like he's he's more of that person that but, you can kind of get one or two out of him, one or two out of Nisham. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to get more than one over out of Chapman, really, and one over out of Phillips. So you kind of have to find, I think, unless it's re- unless it's really turning, um, and those guys are getting a lot of purchase. I think you're going to have to get two overs out of. Nisham or Mitchell, whoever that is, that your fifth bowling option, and then one over out of each of those guys and try and get a little cheapy. Yeah. For the 50-over game, I think you're going to see Daryl Mitchell play a lot more of a part because he can bowl reliably in that fourth, fifth seamer position. And I really like what he's done with all of the game, all of the formats that he's played. Speaking of which, just a shout-out to Will Young, made 50 runs on his T20 debut. I think that's 50 runs or more in New Zealand, all three formats on debut for Will Young. So a lot of talk about Conway and why is Will Young playing. But as you said, Stuart, got a tremendous domestic record and now has made, I think, if I'm not wrong, 50 in each of his three format debuts for New Zealand. Great stuff. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I guess that's the thing about the squad. We've got seven guys, maybe seven, six or seven guys, I think, resting for the this series for New Zealand and the T20 stuff. We've talked about how these squads are going to be about 20. So the squad is 13 plus the 6-7 that we're missing. Is this the squad that we can expect to kind of take us forward or, or are there any names that anybody feels is a bit unlucky or kind of any that they feel are lucky to be there? Yeah, the, the one for me that I was talking about earlier was uh, Jacob Duffy. Mm. I thought that he came in after Hamish Bennett got got dropped or was injured. I don't know how you want to look at that. He came in, he bowled really, really well for New Zealand. I thought that he was unlucky not to not to get a go in this series. Mm. I think he's had, had a bit of an injury himself. So I don't know I don't mm. know hundred percent if he was fit to go in this series. But yeah, I think you know it's hard to go past what he did for New Zealand. There's a lot of names to squeeze into that squad though. You have a look at Henry, you have a look at Milne, you have a look at Kugeline, you have a look at all of those kind of fringe pace bowlers. All of those guys are there or thereabouts, and Bennett, throw Duffy in there as well. Only a couple of those guys can go. The other name that's going to become interesting is Colin de Gronholm and whether or not he's fit in time and whether or not he will be able to do enough to get past Mitchell and Nisham, whose spots look pretty cemented right now. Mitchell's been great. I mean, you, I'm glad that you pinpointed him because, yeah, he's, he's just done every single thing asked of him this whole summer, every time he's played for New Zealand, even last summer when he was picked, got 70-odd against England. He's just... You just fit it in perfectly, and uh, the kind of the couple of people that I wanted to mention that I feel like are close. I mean, Taylor will be Taylor will be in consideration maybe for a wider squad, but seems on the fringes. The one I thought worth mentioning is I wonder if they're thinking about Tom Latham because 
He's an excellent player of spin, particularly in the middle order. I think he could sweep and play all those shots really well. I would personally think that he might be a good squad player to have in that middle order, but it doesn't feel like he's in consideration for the T20 squad. Oh, it'll be an interesting one because I think that do you do you take someone like Seifert who has been in the setup rather than discarding discarding them and taking Latham? Mm. I, I think your point's completely correct, and he's there. He's he's also can can wicket keep as well, and yep. he's great for leadership. But I think that there are others who have who have done the yards that probably need that selection first. So just just before we round up, Bangladesh positives, lads. What 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 do we think? Not their fielding. Their fielding has been, and I don't mean to be unkind to Bangladesh, but the fielding performances that I have seen have been some of the worst international fielding performances that I have that I have watched on television in my living memory. They were better in this last in the first T Twenty. They were actually pretty good, but in the one days they were they they did That's themselves no favors. ADI, honestly, they did but themselves no favors. They should have won that game. That was the just dreadful. Yeah. Second one. For me, they're just in a little bit of a rebuilding phase, aren't they? They've lost some key um, and, and very, very trusted. Well, Shakib's not here. Yeah, senior players. Shakib, who will be um, in the IPL, I think, but um, is missing here. So yeah, I, th- I think that that's the biggest thing for them, and and it's a tough tour, New Zealand, for a for for a, a subcontinent side. I think. Yeah, they're big three. I mean, they they're big. Their best three players. They have not played without all three of those guys, which they did in this first uh, T20, I believe, for 14 years. Uh-huh. So that's that's a big part of their history as a cricketing nation have been with their, those three those three guys that are missing. So they they will have to rebuild. I like a couple of their um, their fast bowlers. The guy, uh, I can't remember his name, right? You had, had it for me before. You mean Taskin? I mean- yes, Taskin. So I thought he looked quite good <laughs> opening the bowling. Um, and you like the left-arm spinner, the Dan Vittori clone. Yes, he bowled really well. I think the, the one that got Fennell in first ball, I think he's coming around the wicket and he bowls similar lines to Vittori. Even the one where he got Guptal out was actually, he was attempting to bowl a cup ball just to release that pressure, let Guptal off strike, but ended up getting him out. Uh, I think mentioning, you know, talking about those those positions where they got themselves in a position to win the game, uh, they'll be disappointed but that they let them go. But getting into that position is, is is good for the future. And as we've mentioned, they've got a great pipeline of young players winning the Under-19 World Cup last year against India. So they're all coming in. Yep, Mahidi, Mahidi San, both of them were, were quite impressive. They were, so. yep. Their, yeah, spin, their spin stocks, always as always, look good. So moving on to West Indies, Sri Lanka. Two key talking points. A couple of um, batters to look out for in that West Indies side. And then um, this is a phone-in, so call us on uh, 0800, um, the top order podcast dot com. No, no, we we give a shit about this one. Oh, we give a shit about <laughs> this one. So um, th- this is your man Brathwaite, um, who has come out to bat in a lid and mirrored shades. So um, cricketing Mount Rushmore is something that Bordy suggested. Things that only Chris Gale can do. And uh, look, unless he's got, you know, early onset glaucoma. <laughs> Got to be I, prescription. I, I don't think that this is acceptable in uh, in any form of the game. Um, boys, discuss. I, I have to say that I wore sunglasses on the social Monday night competition once uh, before Christmas and I was fined heavily as a result, uh, being described as far too village, even for my standards. So to be able to wear them in test cricket, he must either have a lot of purse strings or must really enjoy the end of season or end of tour fine session. Uh, no, just just to use a, a Binksy saying, if those aren't prescription, he's a massive bellend. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. They better be prescription, otherwise I don't know what he's up to. 
Is it, so this is this is much worse than a bowler. How, how much on the on the scale of you know bowlers wearing and sun, bowling in sunglasses, which was you know up there a few years ago. Ashley Giles. Yeah, bowling in sunglasses was quite ripped. Shane Warne. Ash, oh, well, Warne now, bowl, yeah, now Warne a lot more people do it. It's sort of moderately accepted. Where, where does bowl- this sit in in that pantheon? I got no problem with someone bowling in sunnies. Yeah, so, well, there yeah. we go. But a, a few years ago, people were very, uh, very. And I think you should bowl in a cravat more often as well. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. It's just the formats and the, and the company that you roll in that people would be able to afford cravats. No, um, no, no good for me, Stu, to answer your question. Can't no do it. You cannot can't do it. it. Can't do it. Can't, can't bowl in glasses. No, or you can't? cannot wear sunglasses when you bet. Bowling with sunglasses is okay for me. Okay. okay. Do we okay. want to talk about the cricket? What's, yeah, what happened in the actual game? So what what caught my eye was uh, you might have to help me with the name Inkaram Bonner. Nkrumah Bonner. That's the one. He looked really good batting at number three for the West Indies. He scored his maiden. Century in the in the fourth innings there on the fifth day where it was really dead, um, yeah I, I thought I thought they looked really well good and Carl Mayer is the first time I've got to see him play, uh, he must spend some time in a gym. Tell you what, he's massive. Uh, but he made go- runs in the white ball in the white ball yeah. as well with the bat. He's that, a that pretty sh- good player. Shirt was a small as well. <laughs> he, he, he's asked for the small to get those guns popping out. To be yeah, fair, it's been a godsend that. Those guys resting from that tour, hasn't it? The fact that Nkrumah Bonner, yeah. Bonner and Mayer have just had this opportunity now, and now they're like some Runs of their most important innings. players. Yeah. These guys at three and four make the West Indies look very stable at the top. I don't know why it does mm. that, but it makes them look very strong in the mm. top order. Um, Raheem Cornwall for me as well. Yep, um, good for, good performance from him in the series. So yeah, always good to see him on a on a cricket field. Yeah, my man Josh De Silva as well made runs in the first innings. He continues to go from strength to strength. There's a lot to start liking about this West Indies side. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? A, a few months ago, you know, when they came here and they looked like they were easy beats relatively, and a few a few months and it's all turned around. Hopefully, genuine question. I know we've talked about pitches a lot, but this one moved around early. And then it just got better and better to bat on, and then by the end of the or the start of the fifth day, end of the fourth day, it kind of just became dead and a little bit lifeless. It wasn't spinning, it wasn't seeming, it wasn't doing anything. What do we think about that kind of pitch? Terrible. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think that's equally as bad as a pitch that's spinning early or a pitch that's seeming early. They need there needs to be a balance, isn't it? That's that's what the whole. Discussion yeah. about all of that stuff is about. It, it, it reminded me of one of those drop-ins in, in Melbourne. I think mm. the one where Cook got two hundred and fifty, and it was just like rolled snot. It was yep. it was no fun to watch that. To be honest, it just needed a little bit of deterioration, and, and Sri Lanka would have got the rewards for batting in that third innings. Mm. I, I just don't think their spinners bowl particularly well either. Um, look, I, I guess maybe slightly biased, but Embledina, um ripped England apart um, pretty recently. You know, well documented problems for England players against left arm spin over the years. KP struggling a little bit but watching him bowl in that uh, fourth innings he just looked all over the shop he bowled too many bad balls mm. yeah only went at two and a bit and over but don't, yeah, got two wickets for 62 but didn't really run through yeah. the, bo- the the bottom order like we saw him do against England well guys that I think wraps up this week in cricket um, for all of you podcast fans and particularly fans of this podcast our <laughs> humble little uh, the top order we are going to be back in your feeds because we've got notes and notes and notes and Roger's got stats and stats and stats for our IPL preview show um, which will be hitting your feed very very soon um, but this will be in your feed for 20 or so minutes at listening pleasure but do keep an eye out because there's plenty more hot on its heels thanks for listening good night
God bless.